Welcome to Perimenopology, where we explore and converse about what it means to transition out of the young, hot, fertile, and fuckable box that our society labels as most worthy when you are socialized as a woman. Around here, we're all about body literacy and talking about the topics that society tells us are unimportant or inappropriate. I'm Michelle Kapler, reproductive acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and master feminist life coach, and you've got episode number 40. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Perimenopology. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Samantha Montpetit Huyn, who is a trainer and coach for women in menopause, and we are talking all about movement, exercise, weight, and representation today. So in today's episode, we talk about fitness versus weight loss in menopause. We talk about the best forms of exercise for people in perimenopause and beyond. We talk about exercise and movement and using a less is more approach. We talk about race and representation in the menopause space and in the fitness space. And we talk about barriers for women of color and access to good healthcare and so much more than that. I absolutely adore Sam. She goes on these brilliant, amazing tangents that you're just going to want to stick around for and hear all of the juicy nuggets that she has to offer. Before I share the interview, I want to offer Sam's professional bio. Samantha is a thought leader when it comes to women's health. She started out working with pregnant women and new moms over 20 years ago when she became a mother herself. Over the last two decades, she shared her passion and knowledge for fitness and health on television, in magazines, and online to disrupt the fitness industry and make fitness available for all bodies, regardless of size, shape, race, gender, or ability. So without further delay, here is my interview with Sam. All right. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for being here on Perimenopology. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Me too. I've been following you for a while. I've actually known about you for quite a few years. And I just love the work that you're doing. And I'm so excited that we because we're both part of Mamas and Co, which is the Toronto based networking group that we're a part of. And I think we were part of part of that at the beginning of it was probably half a decade ago at this point. But I just love Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And I'm so excited that you're here. So thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you. You're making me blush. Thank you. That's that's kind of you. So let's get into it. I want first of all, um, tell us about what you do and how you help people. Okay, what is it that I do? Wow, that's a big question. But okay, and and then just stop me if I ramble on and just go on to some kind of um, tirade. But I am right now, I am presently an online health and fitness coach. And I focus primarily or very specifically to uh, perimenopause and menopausal women. And the reason why I decided to do this is because I mean, a lot of it is personal, um, for selfish reasons. Um, Over the years, so I started my career um, in pre and postnatal because that's when my babies were babies. And because that was a stage of life I was in, I could very much relate to that. So I, you know, I had a company here in Toronto called Core Expectations, and I had a team of trainers, nutritionists, and massage therapists, and I would send them to pregnant women and new moms homes to help them stay strong during pregnancy and recover postpartum. And then as my kids got older, then I I moved away from that. And I I started focusing more specifically on diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominal wall and pelvic floor dysfunction, which I still focus on because everybody has a pelvis. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, okay, well, you know what? Now my kids are teenagers. I'm going to focus on 40 plus, right? 
and just kind of niche it down. But then it was during COVID when things just started changing, right? Like I'm working out really hard. I'm eating really well. I'm being as, as disciplined as I can. I went and got all of the things so I could work it at home. My body started changing. I'm like, what is happening here? And, um, you know, I joke that, you know, AI is always out there listening to what we say. And then, you know, you pick up your phone and then you're like, oh, things start showing up on, oh, why don't you take a menopause course? I'm like, ooh, a menopause course. Maybe I'll do that. And honestly, I would say like the first couple of lessons in, light bulbs are going off and I'm like, oh my God, this is why this is happening. It's not just because I'm air quote over 40. It's not just because I'm getting older. My hormones are changing. I'm like, things are happening, right? And, you know, I say this to a lot of people and they giggle, but, you know, even though every woman knows when they're younger, you know, menopause is a thing. It's going to happen. It's a thing. We never really, we never think it's going to happen to us. Like, come on. Right. And then when it does, you're like, holy shit, this is actually happening. And so I started doing a lot more deeper dive and, and talking about this and talking very openly. And people are like, oh my God, finally, somebody else understands. And this is what I just kept saying. And so now, um, you know, I have to say the, the best thing I ever did for my business, even though, yep, I did pre and postnatal. That was very rewarding. I'd love that core and pelvic health, very rewarding. And I still do that as part of my programming. But now giving women in the menopause space, a safe space to feel seen, heard, validated, and actually give them the resources and support is the best decision I ever could have made. And so now that's what I do is I just I help women. And, and I mean, if I'm quite honest, 99% of women come to me for weight loss, which I know we're going to talk some about. I don't focus on that for various reasons. And I focus on, because, you know, a lot of women will say to me, well, I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? It's always the next question. Well, because I want to move better and I wanted this, and I wanted that. But it's like, okay, well, if I play devil's advocate, what if we could get you all those things? And what if the scale doesn't move? Just, just wondering. And then that's when people usually say, well, you know, it's not really about the scale. Exactly. Exactly. So what I'm really trying to do with this, with this, you know, um, this group of women now in, in, uh, in perimenopause and menopause and things are shifting and, and changing and it can feel very overwhelming and women really feel like they're out of control is that for them to understand that bodies change, things happen, but you're not alone. And my goal is to give them the support and the resources they need so they can actually feel better because guess what? We're the f- first generation that at the age of 50, we can live another 50 years. And so I was saying this yesterday as a live event. I said, if you feel like shit now and you don't do something, what do you think you're going to feel like in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years? Yeah, that makes so much sense. That was my long answer. Yeah, No, I love long answers. I mean, all of that was totally relevant and it leads me very... Pr- it's such a good segue. I love it. So... You brought up this transitioning conversation that happens when a client first comes to you. And like you said, 90% of the time people are coming to you because they want to make their body a different size. They want to lose weight. And I think for a lot of menopausal and perimenopausal people, it's also about kind of this redistribution of fat. So there's sometimes specific areas of the body that they're not happy with, let's say. And so I think that's a really interesting transition of the conversation that you highlight of well, why is it that you want your body to be smaller? Let's talk about that. And this touches on this idea of 
you know, anti-fat bias that comes up in so many areas of life, but essentially it kind of boils down to people having the idea that the smaller your body is, the healthier you are. Can you talk a little bit about your thoughts on that? Oh, I could go on and on. <laughs> that, so I will first put up my hand and I will take full responsibility for being part of that really effed up messaging because that's a fitness industry on a whole. And I know I'm still very, I still work um, very much within the Canadian fitness industry and that things are starting to make micro shifts, right? They're trying to make big shifts, but really it's, it's happening at a very, very slow pace. So there is some, there is some progress, but we are so brainwashed. I mean, even as just as, as, as like when we're, especially for little girls that our size validates our worth and our beauty standards and all of these things. And I can tell you right now that more than half of my clients are not thin, but some of them could run circles around people who are half their size. They are strong. They are healthy. All their blood markers are all, they're fantastic. And, and the thing is, is like when women come to me at this stage in perimenopause and menopause, again, again, the majority of them have done every diet in the world every diet. They'll say, I've done every diet. Noom, they just list them off. Beachbody, Weight Watchers, all of these things. And then I'll say, okay. And and then, you know, I'll tell them. I said, but I don't work. I don't focus on weight loss. And they'll be like, oh. It's like, okay, well then what were you hoping for? Because if you have done everything and it hasn't worked, that is telling you that something is something different has to happen. Because now when we're dealing with all the hormonal changes that are happening in, in perimenopause and menopause, it's not just about weight loss anymore. And th the thing is, is I'm never, I never want to invalidate someone's desire to want to lose weight. I will always support them, right? But again, I'm always asking those questions. Why? What are you hoping to accomplish? Because you can accomplish probably 95% of those things without the scale even moving. Having said that, though, if you know that you don't lead, let's say, whatever a healthy lifestyle is, like if you're not eating your five to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, and you're not moving your body at least every day, like for a walk or something, and you're not getting sleep, right? When you start putting those pieces into place, without you even paying attention to the scale, the weight will probably come off just because you're treating your body the way it deserves to be treated, right? But now when we're going into this perimenopause and menopausal state, Yes, I understand it's frustrating to see your body change and you feel like, you know, I've done all of this work and now I'm pissed off and I should know better. And why is this not working? So then you're angry at yourself, right? And you're resentful to all the other people around you. And now this is, it's not about weight loss anymore. And again, I was saying this at this event last night. Now it should be for just to improve your acts of daily living. And I'm talking more specifically about exercise because we've all been told that exercise is the way you lose weight. Absolutely not. No, all the current research is saying that is a really bad strategy. You want to exercise so you don't break a bone because you, once you go through menopause, we know we have a significant um, in, um, increased risk of developing osteoporosis. You also want to be able to lift heavy, to be able to manage your metabolism, to be able to manage blood sugar, to be able to manage cortisol levels, right? You also want to be able to do this so, you know, you can, you know, avoid heart disease because that's another increased risk, right? All of these things. So shifting the perspective away from body size, because I don't know about you, but I dieted a ton when I was younger, and I was never satisfied. I would lose weight, and then I would look and go, yeah, but you know, if I could only do that, 
or, oh, if this, I could only just do a little bit more, right? I was never happy. I do, I never honestly remember a time when I was young and I was dieting that I ever kind of went, oh, perfect. I'm right where I need to be. Never. Yeah. I think that's a very common experience for a lot of people socialized as women. I mean, we essentially spend our entire lives trying to shrink ourselves and make ourselves smaller. And you can never be small enough. And that's patriarchy at work. Like that's just... 100%. And I was listening to another podcast. It was a while ago. It was a nutritionist. And she said, even those people who are naturally thin or whatever, or they work really hard, the stress that they have, that they have to maintain that all the time. So whether you're big or small, we're always stressed about the way we look. We're never happy because there's that pressure. The patriarchy, like you said, in the fitness industry, you will never find a group, a bigger group of people more insecure than going to a fitness conference. Oh, yeah. I would assume there's a lot of disordered eating up in there. They've all decided that they're going to diet right before. They're going to spray tan themselves. They're showing up in the smallest, itty bittiest, you know, workout clothes. And I did it too. This is why I know, right? And just so you could go there and then kill yourself, beat yourself up because there's a, there's a big conference that comes to uh, Toronto every year. It's called CanFit Pro and it's considered like the biggest in North America. Um, and so there's thousands of people there and I would go there when I was younger and I would work out five or six times a day over a five day period. What? Just so I could like, and I, I, and I wouldn't be able to walk for days. Like all of this crazy, ridiculous kind of ideal of, you know, what fitness is supposed to be. And so that was another thing as, as I'm transitioning. So I'm, I know I'm in perimenopause right now because I've had blood work. And so I haven't hit menopause yet, but things have changed. Right. And I'm, I'm doing these things. My body has changed. It's like, okay, well, wait a second. People are used to me looking this way. Now I'm looking this way. And so it even took my, my own, like it took myself a while to kind of go, but Sam, you're a human being. You're allowed to change. And I had to actually practice what I preach. Bodies are allowed to change. I'm still strong. Honestly, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Yeah. And what a gift. What a gift to your clients that you've had that personal experience going through all of that. And of course, as humans, we're always learning. The journey is never over. So I'm sure there's still lots of lessons in store. But what an amazing example that you can... I mean, I think that showing up and being an example of what is possible is one of the best things that you can do for women. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. And one of my clients said to me the other day, she goes, I just love how real you are. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, we were on the call yesterday and you were in the middle of the sentence and you couldn't remember what you were going to say. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) That's the thing. She goes, but I just love that. And like, you make fun of yourself. And I was like, because I have to, it's either that I could just let it kill me and be depressed. What's the point of that? Right. I have to, understand that this is my process. And like you said, it's a journey, right? People think when, you know, they're trying to improve their health, I'm just going to do it in this window. I'm going to take this 12 week course. I'm going to take this thing and then going to be done. I say to people, you're going to have to work on this for the rest of your life. Just understand that, accept that you're going to have to focus on your health for the rest of your life. But that's a pretty good thing to focus on. Oh, yeah. Welcome to living in a human body. It's one of those things where as soon as one problem gets quote unquote solved. Another thing comes up that you have to work on. That's your body. That's your mind. That's yeah, that's just part of the human experience. Yeah. So I want to take things back to talk a little bit more about movement and exercise specifically, because I do like to give a little bit of practical advice for my listeners. Now, 
I have my thoughts on movement and exercise, and I'm I'm wondering if you can tell me your thoughts on movement and exercise. And I'm thinking about, I don't know if you listen to the Maintenance Phase podcast, but they did this episode that was debunking the whole 10,000 steps thing that came out last week. So they're great because they're um, they're based in, like they do a lot of debunking through the actual research and dismantling the research and talking about, um, you know, social issues and things like that. But they basically debunked the 10,000 steps and talked a little bit about exercise and weight loss. And so what they were saying is that the research shows that the best form of exercise to do is the one that you will show up and do and that is sustainable for you because it's enjoyable. And I'm interested in in hearing what you think as a fitness professional who I'm assuming works out in kind of a conventional gym atmosphere. Um, what are your thoughts on the types of exercise that are useful in perimenopause and beyond? At specifically perimenopause, just because you know, and I know that in perimenopause, that's usually... Um, when progesterone, you know, drops more significantly, and we just can't manage stress as well, right? We can't manage cortisol levels as well. So then, you know, as people are going through this transition, they're noticing their body is changing, they're maybe they're going to start to gain weight, which is quite common. What do they do? Instinctively, I'm going to work out more, I'm going to eat less, right? Which both of those have been shown, increase cortisol, it just makes it worse. Right. And I say to people, you got to be careful with exercise, even though it's a positive form of stress, it's still stress. And we at a physiological level during this time, we can't manage stress levels as well as before. So just, you know, understand that we're literally a different machine. And that's why I always say to people, you want to work with menopause and not against it. So I'm a big fan during this time is prioritizing rest and recovery over beating yourself up. Right. Even though you could be somebody, I mean, I, I I was going to the gym four to five days a week, sometimes six for years. And now I go two to three times a week. And I'm stronger than before. So, you know, something to think about. But um, so prioritizing rest and recovery, for sure. As far as specific exercises, walking 100%. I've got a lot of um, and but I'm but I'm not about you have to get 10,000 steps. I just want you to move your body. But I want you to get outside. I want you to be in nature. I want you to be around greenery. Like I'm a really big believer and uh, forest bathing and all that stuff and grounding and just getting it and, and helping, you know, bring down, uh, um, lowering that central nervous system, right? And tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system. We really, really need that. And, um, but it's hard for a lot of people to conceptualize when they're so used to working out hard. And that's how they got the results before. But again, if what you're currently doing isn't working, you've got to do something different, right? And so it's hard. It's, it's a bit of a mental shift because I understand what, you know, those people were saying on the podcast, do whatever it is you, you can do and that you enjoy. And a, a people will say, but I like going to the gym. That's great. However, <laughs> if you are hitting it hard and you can't manage cortisol levels and you're exhausted, you're not recovering as well as before because of all of these hormonal changes, you're going to have to do something different, right? So I do love walking. I really pe- feel that people undervalue walking, right? Like, there's a lot of people who are older who can't walk. So while you can walk, take advantage of that. But I'm not talking about power walking, getting your heart rate up. I'm literally, I'll say to people, I want you to take your dog. Like if you've got dogs like me that have to piss on every blade of grass, take a dog like that. You're strolling, you're taking your time, listen to a podcast, that sort of thing. I would also, and that's especially when, um, cause I've got a couple clients right now. So it's just for time wise, for the people who are listening, it's now May 4th. So we just went through tax season. And I have a couple clients who are um, um, accountants. 
and they were major stress balls. And then the first thing they would say is, sorry, Sam, I didn't get a workout in. I really should, though. I should have pushed through. And I'm like, absolutely not. As soon as we hear ourselves using words, I have to push through. That's like a big glaring flashlight saying, no, please not. It's like, you're not allowed to work out. What am I supposed to do? I want you to go for a walk. What? And then people panic and think, oh, if I just walk and I don't work out, I'm going to gain 10 pounds overnight. That's not the way it works, right? So walking absolutely is like first and foremost. And then once people do feel that, you know, you've recovered, you're feeling, you have, you've had a good night's sleep, you're feeling well, you've got energy, then I want, I, I, whether it's in a gym or it's in your basement, I want women lifting and I want them lifting heavy because especially the closer you get to menopause, right? So that 12 months of no menses, you start losing muscle at a very rapid rate. Okay. So before then we lose muscle approximately three to 5% per decade. Once you hit menopause it's three to 5% per year. Okay. So you are really fighting against time. And so lifting up five pounds and doing 20 repetitions is really not going to help you. You need to lift and you need to lift heavy because now you are fighting the clock, but also making sure that you're doing that. Like I said, when you you've got, you've had ample rest, you're not feeling exhausted. You're not overly stressed. Right. And just also being very strategic in that. So this is what the, the guidelines are for menopause is what I'm, I'm referring to right now is that you don't want these exercise pro, um, um, workouts to be long. I like when I give my clients workouts, they're done in 30 minutes. Okay. Because of, and again, I'm going to bring up cortisol again. Cortisol is our main stress hormone, but it's also an energy hormone. And we need it for the first part of our workout. But then we also need testosterone and human growth hormone. But if we go too long, cortisol dominates and we lose the effects of testosterone and human growth hormone. Okay. So then it's almost like, I'm not saying that it's, you know, your workout is useless, but you're not going to get the benefits like you should. And if you're leaving a workout and you've got really elevated levels of cortisol, this can often backfire because cortisol secondary job is to store fat around the midsection, right? So when women are coming to me and they're worried about weight loss, the first thing, and, and they're cardio junkies, I'm like, I pull them right back. I pull them right back and I have them lifting and lifting heavy. But again, 30 minutes and I don't have them doing it more than three times a week. Because another recommendation is you want you, um, and this is for menopause, is you want to do a workout, like if you're lifting, every 72 hours when you work out every 72 hours and it's always a full body workout so no split routines ladies for people who are listening um a full body workout you will get the most the maximal strength and power from your muscles every 72 hours as opposed to every 48 and and absolutely every day no because you're just you're not giving your your muscles a chance to recover and repair because that's when where muscle is formed it's not the time in the gym it's the rest of recovery and it's having enough protein so there's my long answer to your short question. No, I love it. And I want to see if I can summarize it in one sentence. What I'm hearing you say is that less is more in most cases. Yes, yes, yes. And then once you get past the menopause, like your post-menopause, right? And you've really started to make that transition, then maybe you can start amping it up a little bit more, right? But again, everybody's individual. But I, I'm, I'm also somewhat of a rule follower. So I like to follow, like fall within the guidelines. And because I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with my clients, then we just find out a really good, you know, way that works for them. Some people three times a week is too much and two is perfect. Great. Right. We just, we work with the individual. I love that.
Thank you so much for all that information. I think that's going to be really helpful for people. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, of course. So in the interest of time, I want to talk a little bit about you being a bit of a public figure. So you're on Instagram, you've got thousands (laughs) of followers. Don't laugh. It's true. It's true. And so as somebody who's kind of out there in the menopause and perimenopause space, especially in the exercise sector and body care sector of things, as somebody who's kind of on the forefront sending the message, what do you think is lacking? Like, what do you think that people need more of? What do people need to see on Instagram, for example? Well, they need to see real bodies, but we already know that. Mm-hmm. And specifically in the space of menopause, we need to see more brown and black faces. So I had somebody message me, and I think m- maybe even I mentioned this to you when we were chatting earlier, that someone messaged me on Instagram, uh, she's a black woman from the States about six weeks ago, and she said, hey, you know, I love following you. I love all your content. Um, I'm just having a difficult time because I've been in business for a couple of years and my business isn't really taking off and I don't know what to do. She goes, because my problem is, and she's, she pointed out two problems. She goes, number one, um, it's really hard to find a woman over 50 who, who's talking about menopause who isn't jacked, right? So J-A-C-K-E-D. And so for those people who are wondering what jacked is, like super lean, you know, six pack, all of that stuff. And I'm like, well, therein lies the whole problem with the fitness industry. So now they've just taken menopause and they've added it on top of it, right? And I'm seeing a lot of women who I've known for a long time, all of a sudden they're talking about menopause and not to say that they don't have knowledge. Maybe they've taken the education that I have done, but I kind of suspect, you know, not so much, right? Um, because we also understand that menopause, this this demographic is huge, Right. And that, you know, we're in, what is they saying in 2030, I think 2030 or 2035, there's going to be 1 billion people, women worldwide are going to be in menopause. So it's a big market. Right. And so they're being attacked. So that's one. But then the second one she said is, you know, and I'm also having a really, really hard time finding any black women talking about menopause. Right. And so she said, you know, I was thinking of maybe changing my, um, my niche to menopause, I said, and, and, and so I, I'm like, I'm messaging her right back going, absolutely. For those very two reasons, what you just said, you know, we don't, we don't see anybody talking about menopause who has a real body that you can relate, right? And then number two, we're not, we're seeing lack of representation, um, very much so. And then after she said, well, you know what, I'm thinking about just talking about joint pain. And I was like, but that's why they have joint pain because of menopause. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and, and you know, and in all fairness too, maybe she's a little afraid because she knows a lot. She's done a lot of research in joint pain, right? And so maybe she, you know, she has to get more, some more education, but you know, having this woman reach out to me out of the blue that I have no idea um, and, and ask me these questions just goes to show you the problem with not just the fitness industry and women's health, but the lack of representation about something that every single woman, regardless of their race, ethnicity anything are all going to go through so we need representation and there yes there's only a small like there's a small fraction of, of of black and brown women on instagram or on social media talking about this but our experiences have been shown to be very different than white women right so that yeah. is a problem and so and because i like everybody can hear me i'm quite loud i talk a lot i'm very passionate i'm extremely opinionated um, I'm not for everybody. So there needs to be somebody else who's doing what I'm doing, but is also black and brown and all of those other things, because we need to have this space where people feel safe and they can come to somebody else who can relate and understand where they're coming from. 
Yeah, 100%. And I think your point about, you know, if you have, if you're a black or brown person going through this experience that yes, half the population goes through, you know, as people with uteruses and ovaries and female hormones, we all go through the same experience. But it's not the same for somebody who's black or brown. And the research shows things like, you know, if you take accessing medical care for your menopausal symptoms or your experience, that's a big glaring disparity right there. So for example, black women are something like four times more likely to have a bad experience with their doctor than a white woman. Um, There are a lot of statistics about black women's pain not being taken seriously as it is if you're a white woman. So yeah, people need to be talking about these things. They need to be, you know, giving people the tools to be able to advocate for what they're needing. Yes. And but they also have to have, yeah, so they need to be given the tools, but there has to be somewhere the tools to go where? Where are the people who look like me, who also have the resources and can support me for where I am so I can I can relate? Like um, my girlfriend and I, she is Trinidadian. Um, she, we had an event here in Toronto a few weeks ago called High Heels and Hot Flashes. And we were very intentional about the speakers that we had because we wanted to create a, a much more a safer inclusive space and it was interesting compared to our first event that we had what way more diversity in our audience because people saw when they went and looked up the event they're like oh someone looks like me i'm going to come there and it's the same thing when we're talking about menopause or any kind of healthcare. it doesn't like honestly it's it's really really important and again we're making micro micro progress so who knows if this is going to happen by the the time my kids are my age I don't know, we can only try. But this is also another reason why I'm so loud. And I talk about it so much. Um, Because I'm hoping other people like this woman who messaged me, I will, you know, motivate or incentivize somebody else who looks like me who will want to do this be like, okay, we can do this, we can take we can take this piece and make it ours. So good. And so just to take a moment and say thank you for being out there and doing all the work that you do. It's so important. And I'm very grateful. That's why I love sharing your reels all the time. If nothing else, if you guys take nothing else from this, go and follow Samantha on Instagram because her reels are so funny and so real. I just love them. I honestly, you know, social media, it takes a lot out of you. But when I can find good audio and reels, oh, that is the highlight. Oh my good Lord. I laugh at myself. I think they're so they're so fun. Right. It's the way I make my job fun. Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. Okay. So if somebody was listening and they're kind of just getting started, maybe they're just approaching perimenopause or maybe they're, they've been in it for a couple of years, but they're wanting to, you know, pay, maybe pay a little bit more attention to this less is more approach. What's one piece of advice that you would give them to help them get started? I think it's really important. And this is hard though, again, because it's so mental because we have been raised that we need to hustle and work harder and push ourselves as much as we hate doing it. What I really try and remind women is you need to listen to your body. Like, listen to your intuition. It's there for a reason. Don't ignore it, right? This whole idea of push and harder and and you hate it. Like, you're doing it and you're literally in your brain going, I fucking hate this. Don't do it. Like, listen to your body. Do what makes you feel good. Right. If you had a workout scheduled and you are like the, the, your, the thought of it, like you want to put stick needles in your eye because you're putting your shoes on. Don't go for that workout. Do yoga. Go for a walk. Do something that actually 
this sounds so like whatever cliche, but do something that fills your cup, not the something that depletes you. Because during, you know, that transition of perimenopause, women really do feel depleted. They're, you know, a lot of things I hear is like, I just, I can't, I can't manage as well as before. I can't manage stress as well. I'm, I'm irritated all the time. I'm all like, so then you going and now pushing more just so you can, I don't know, hit your PR or hit a number on the scale really is, is, and I'm not saying this is forever. That's the thing. It's a, it's a moment in time. And no, I can't tell you how long that's going to be until you kind of get over this hump. But you know, your body is going through a major shift in perimenopause. It's reverse puberty, basically. So just think about what was it like when you got your period? That was no prize. And you didn't get over it in just a few weeks, right? It took like a month or uh, sorry, a year or two. Was your period coming? Was it not? Were you flooding? Were you not? Oh my God. And you broke out and you gained weight. All of these things until your body created homeostasis. The same thing is going to happen here. And if you feel like you're alone, find, find your people. Start asking questions. And the most important, I was saying this to a client earlier, because she's so angry with her doctor. You're really, this is a time, if anything, you're really going to have to advocate for your health, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah really going to have to advocate and be loud and open your mouth and don't listen to people who fluff you off. You know your body more than anybody. And if something's off, listen to it and fight for it. Oh, I love this so much. I feel like we could go in so many directions right now. Just (laughs) mic drop. Thank you, Sam. That's amazing. (laughs) What I'm essentially hearing you say is be compassionate and maybe try putting yourself first. What a concept, right? Not easy for those of us who are socialized as women. It would be selfish to do that. You know what? It's actually quite selfish for you to not take care of yourself because you're not giving all those other people around you who you're lying down on the ground for. You're not showing them like really what true self-care is. And that's and that's even more important if you're raising young girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being an example. Again, it's a nice full circle moment of being an example of what's possible. I love that so much. Sam, thank you for being here. Before we go, I know that everybody's going to want to find and follow you. So tell us where you are on social and all the other places. Well, I'm on Instagram, obviously, because of Reels. I'm on Facebook. You can find me at Sam Core Trainer. Uh, My website is samcoretrainer.com. I've got a great free download um, when you go on my website. It's a very easy one about creating your own little workout. Um, And yeah, and if you ever, if anybody needs anything, reach out to me at Sam Core Trainer, send me a DM, and I'm happy to offer a free discovery call with anybody who uh, is looking to get help and support in this area. So good. Thank you so much. And obviously, we're going to have you back again to to go on another tangent because I think your tangents are amazing. (laughs) Thank you. So that was my interview with Sam. If you resonated with her message, please be sure to find and follow her and share all of her hilarious reels. I'll link all of her links up in the show notes for you. That's it for me today. Until next time, thank you for listening. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take this work to a deeper level, let's work together. If you are a resident of Ontario, Canada, we can work together in a clinical setting, both virtually or in person, to help you find a unique and customized treatment plan to alleviate your perimenopausal symptoms and get you the relief you deserve using Chinese medicine. Or if you're looking for support with body image, confidence, advocating for yourself and seeking treatment, or just generally making your life as awesome as possible through this transition and beyond, I can help you anywhere in the world through coaching. To learn more about your options to work with me, head to michellecapler.com and click on work with me in the overhead menu. I can't wait to talk with you.
Thank you.